Hi, and welcome to Technotopia, a podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Krista Contino Sambi, a patent attorney, who's going to talk about the future of patents. This is Technotopia. Welcome back to Technotopia, a podcast about a better future. Today we have Krista Contino-Sambi. She's a patent attorney, and uh, she is working at a very interesting place. So you have some, uh, you first, since you're a lawyer, you have some um, required, uh, I guess, disclaimers that you have to say, right, Krista? As always, thanks, John. Um, I do work for the U.S. government. Anything I do and say on this show has nothing to do with the opinions of my employer, okay. and please don't fire me. Okay, good. So there's 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 a no firing clause in this podcast. <laughs> is that is that legally binding? Are podcasts actually legally binding? Can, of, that... of course. So of that's course. interesting. So it's a recorded thing. So we could use this as a contract between you and the and you, which really doesn't do me any good. But you know. Yeah. Well, then, I, well, I I wouldn't be able to get you another job if you got fired. But I suspect a patent attorney is in is in high demand. Uh, it's about as useful as putting those clauses in Facebook posts that. Yeah. Uh, that say I, I keep my own rights. Facebook, even though I clicked the agree button. That's like the uh, the straw man, uh, the straw man stuff, where everybody believes that they're actually a corporation. <laughs> Have you been following that? Oh, I, sometimes I, I I I turn my back on legal arguments so that my head doesn't start making my eyes bleed. Oh sure. Yeah. All right. So the goal here is to talk about the future, and I want to talk about the future uh, with you about patents in general. So patents are uh, a technologist's friend, and they are also a technologist's foe. So what is going to happen in the next um, few decades, or what has happened recently, first off, and what is going to happen in the next few decades that are going to change patents, I guess, for better or worse? Well, what's been interesting recently, and this is historical um, to a degree, but the America Invents Act was signed in 2000. 11, Obama, actually, I'm in Arlington right now, and Obama signed it into law here at a, a local high school, which has, in some sense, captured a lot of other countries and the EU's views on patent law. It's been kind of a lot of tension between the U.S. and other countries on how we define who invents what. And now, to try and simplify things, it's whoever files a patent application first, rather than who can prove through a long and arduous process who invented the idea first. Hmm, um, okay. and, and so that's, that's actually a fairly big deal in my world and has changed the way that some of the higher-ups have to deal with patent law in general. Um, other than that, there's also been a poll from the EU that we've started to follow within the patent office on how to classify patents. And that seems kind of different or maybe uh, nonsensical as a patent attorney prior to my working at the patent office. I will admit I knew very little about why classifications mattered with patents. And now um, what I know is that patents, you can find them based on classifications and they're supposed to be by technology. We used to have a US-centric system now we've moved to a, a community-centric system with the EU. We tried to get Japan in, haven't done it yet. 
but I think that that's going to happen in the future. So the classification system, is that like the Dewey Decimal System, or what are they doing there? It's actually very similar to that. There's a, there's a bunch of letters and numbers, and you figure it out, and it, it drills down just like the Dewey Decimal System does. Or did, I should say. Who knows if it says that. I think it still exists. I don't okay, that, that makes me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the old ways are not completely dead. No, no, no. They're just all computerized. And that's mm -hmm. fine, I guess, except I miss like, the little card catalogs. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, but yeah, uh, I guess in the same way that, that things are, have, have benefited from technology currently in the future, it will be easier to find um, patents and, and patent applications, patent publications based on these um, cataloging systems okay. that are hopefully someday universal. So and that's go ahead. Well, let's go back to this first to invent, uh, first to file. So the idea is, the idea is that we've moved away from that. If I if I invented a a, a space rocket that you can strap to your back, and somebody else invented a similar thing, and they had a similar they had a similar technology. If I filed before them, I would get it no matter what, right? In a first to file, yes. Okay. Uh, but then, then, but then the American Vents Act was passed, and that that ensures that ensures first to file. So it it's, yes. so it's moved to first to file. So that that prevents somebody from saying like if 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 I patted in something, and somebody came along and said, well, I had this thing, I had this idea two years ago, uh, I still get the patent. Yeah, it's it's usually what's called, um, and they still exist because there are still applications going back and forth within the patent office. We're trying to crank down on that um, pretty significantly. Um, but there are still applications in the Patent Office that were filed before that America Invents Act came mm -hmm. into play. And so there's this thing called an interference. So it's two applications, and all of a sudden somebody goes, oh, wait, these are massively significant sure. <laughs> uh, and the same. So it's uh, the senior party, the person who filed first gets benefit of the doubt, the junior party can say, no, 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 I file, I, I invented this, even if I filed later, I invented it before you did. And it's actually, I'd say to me, pretty hard to prove. I've never been a part of an interference mm -hmm. in having to prove that, but like they can be down to, you took off two days, no patent for you. Hmm. So. Okay. So, so yeah, so this is kind of, this is like asking the, uh, the baker if if bread is really tasty is the is the patent is the patent system working i think in some ways it it has some benefits that people don't know about and how um how i think especially us companies really benefit from patents um if you look at some of the major corporations in the us they are basically patent based if you look at say google or microsoft or um, the valuation of Amazon is pretty IP centric. Mm -hmm. Um, and some of that stuff is also, and I won't get too much into this, but trade secrets or inventions that nobody's actually let out into the public, but a lot sure. of it is patent based at this point. So if we devalue patents, we're really devaluing our, our own okay. software. Corporation. Right, yeah, no, no, that's, that's fine. I mean, but there's, then you also have the patent troll idea where you have somebody who's sitting on a bunch of silly patents. And I guess silly is a relative term as well. I don't think that's an actual term that you guys use at the patent no, office. We're not allowed to say troll either. Oh, really? Okay. So yeah, that's yeah. The... I don't actually remember. The, the current term is some initials like PAE 
but uh, we used to call them non-practicing entities. And every now and then that actually seemed legitimate. There was a doctor who invented something in his garage, but he didn't have funding to, you know, build it. Okay. But he came up with that, you know? Interesting. So it's, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm talking mostly about the places that are that are basically like a, a thing out in the middle of Dallas or wherever in Texas where it's just a, it's just a room where somebody's just looking for things to people to sue, which is kind of, I think, the most frustrating thing about the patent system. Oh, I, think... I, I, I don't argue with you at all. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going to happen uh, to intellectual property in the future? This, this, is a post of, this is a podcast about the future, so it's, uh, I'm trying to assess, are things going to be okay? Are things going to get better? Are things going to get worse? I've always wondered if we're going to actually change. Um, there's always been a push in different countries that have tried to try this. I've, I've heard there's, there was something in Germany. Um, I did know of a five-year patent that was a, a kind of a petty patent in Australia. And they were more focused on um, software-based inventions. They weren't software themselves, but they, given that technology changes so quickly, it's very rare that anybody in... Uh, the software world is as concerned as, say, you know, a pharmaceutical company in having their patent last 20 years into the future. Hmm. Okay. And so there would be not necessarily in Australia, for instance, there wasn't as strict an examination process and it was a little less coverage, a little bit more leaning towards copyright, um, but it did allow uh, companies to have valuation of their work. Now, this is just my own yeah. potentially hopes and dreams because I think this is a good way to go, particularly since you know I use way too much open soft source software to yeah. argue that patents are the only way to go. <laughs> but uh, but so I think it's an idea. So the so the goal there would be to have a a shorter patent life cycle for 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 kind of you know saying look you could not have possibly imagined that this one thing was going to happen in the future and you um and I'm not going to say that this is the case every time but there sh there are instances I'm sure where just by dumb luck and a good attorney because attorneys are the reason for anything wrong in in society absolutely um <laughs> i've heard that, all the i've heard all the jokes it's a, they're they're all charming I, I think my grandfather knew all of them, and he was an attorney <laughs> until he was 80 years old, yeah. my, my poor grandmother. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that, that um, sometimes it's just how you, you happen to write the claims or what jury you end up in front of, because a lot of the times when it's, when it's come down to as severe as litigation, which is, I think, 2% of patents are ever even enforced in such a manner. Mm -hmm. But if it does hit a jury, then you have a bunch of people sitting in a room who are not experts in the technology and have to have it explained to them by two very opposed parties. Okay, so it's so it's the yeah interesting. So the so the lawyers have to t tell the patent lawyers. So you actually have to understand a great deal about the technology that's coming that's coming across your desk, right? Uh, it was actually a lot harder before I went to the patent office. Okay. Uh, uh, the realm of technology that I would see outside of the patent office was everything from I looked at farm equipment, uh, keyboards like you know piano keyboards, and uh, software, hardware, anything but any anything that did not involve chemistry because that particular mm -hmm. technology scares the life out of me. Mm -hmm. um, and now it's very specific. I am in what's called an art unit. 
and my art unit is very specific to a technology. It even drills down much like the classifications and the Dewey Decimal System that we talked about before. So I get to be more of an expert in that technology. Okay, so the the, the art the art unit sounds like a sounds like an like an army unit of just uh, artists, which just sounds pretty cool. Right, except totally yeah. the opposite. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's also not all attorneys. In fact, the min minority of us are attorneys. Yeah, this is the, so. This is fascinating because I never really got, I never really had to think about all this stuff. So I can, I get to hear all these cool things. So, are, are, in terms of, in terms of the stuff that comes across your desk, you don't have to mention any specifics, but <laughs> are things trending towards uh, things generally improving in terms of the patents that you're seeing, or are we seeing like robotic uh, monsters that are going to eat us all? Well, uh, you can actually look up on the, it, it's public which art unit I'm in, and it, the art unit I'm in mainly looks at things that are related to um, how to get TV shows to you in various formats and movies, things like that. So okay. there are no robotics, and it's very sad hmm. um, okay. that I've seen so far. I'm sure that Rosie the, or Rosie the Robot will come and across my desk, and I'll be really excited to use the Jetsons as prior art. But but what's going to happen when you find a patent for like a for for a Destructobot, yeah. and then and then you leave the leave the country and nobody else knows about this Destructobot coming? I know it's terrible, right? No, um, surprisingly enough, the examiners share a lot of information together and try to do their best to let other people know if they find a really good piece of prior art. A really really bad one. So if it's a Destructobot, <laughs> then you guys can escape and leave the rest of us to. To parrot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I don't really like you personally. <laughs> All right, I see. I see. I've heard stories. Okay, so <laughs> let's let's talk about what you see personally, uh, just as it, based on your experience and based on and what you're expecting. What do you see the world looking like in uh, in fifteen or twenty years? Uh, I would love to be retired. I don't think that's going to happen, but you know, I can cross my fingers. Uh, other than that, I think that it's going to be at least I hope, more flat of a system. Mm -hmm. um, I've found, especially with all the fighting um, from more grassroots organizations, like, say, the net neutrality, things like that, I think that there's going to be more systems where people don't necessarily have um, to worry so much about funding from a technology standpoint to get their ideas off the ground. For instance, uh, with the AIA or American Invents Act, there's now this thing called a micro-entity. Mm -hmm. So if you're a solo inventor and you've only invented so many things, you get charged a quarter of what a large corporation would oh, just, cool. just to do the filing, things like that. And I think that there's really a push to allow people to do things on a, on a, a micro level, so to speak. So, you know, you have folks from the U.S., um, the FCC going off to... Uh, rural Central Africa trying to make sure that everybody gets wireless and electricity. We actually want to connect the world in, in ways where the smartest folks aren't necessarily the ones that are coming out of Harvard and Yale, but maybe IIT, mm -hmm. which, you know, go our alma mater, which happens to be the same one. But <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but I see, I see a lot of it being that we have – ideas and inventions coming from all over the world, um, particularly just from my own experience of seeing inventors and talking to inventors from 
outside when I was an, an attorney on the outside of the PTO, they would be everywhere from China to France to I talked a lot to folks in Israel, and it was just really fascinating to see different points of view and how they went about inventing things. And I think that's maybe going to get a little bit more centralized just based on what I've seen and the, the requirements of each company. But at the same time, those different cultures come together in really interesting ways. Okay. So we're talking about technology coming from outside of the U.S. It's coming from around the world. Yeah. Uh, and is it landing here or is it being used, is it being used overseas? Is it being patented over there? I don't know if that's a, if that's a, if that's possible. Oh, very much so. Um, there are patent offices in, I think, almost every country now. Mm -hmm. Most of them are part of the Patent Cooperation Treaty. And that is, I think, I think almost every country, I mean, there are countries in every continent are part of it. Sure. Um, and that can give you a wider coverage initially if you filed through that, which is getting very boring, I'm sure. But the thing that I found interesting that I didn't know coming from law school was that if you are an inventor who is a citizen of certain countries, you, your company, no matter where they are, has to file in that country first. Hmm, okay. They protect their own citizens and they protect their own interests in that way, which I found kind of fascinating. Yeah. So, is there what what advice would you give to a to somebody who has a who has a great idea right now? Should they run to patent it or should they build it first or what's the what's the process? Uh, make sure to keep your mouth shut. Oh, okay. So don't show it to anybody. Don't show it to anyone. Um, talk to an attorney if you have the funding to do so. There are some uh, phone lines at the PTO to give general advice as well, uh, which doesn't cost any money. And the PTO tries to work with folks who are solo inventors, um, who don't have represent legal representation. Mm -hmm. um, it's much, much easier to work with an attorney. I don't get paid to do that anymore, so I'm saying this legitimately. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, the number one thing is don't talk about what's going on because as soon as it's public, particularly now with the changes, as long as there's somebody else who heard you, who has no, who is not required by contract <laughs> oh, I to keep you. their mouth shut. Uh, so the NDA. So yeah. So yep. if they, if you're at the bar, like talking about your your space rocket. Yep. And then somebody down next next to you goes and patents the space rocket. That's gonna that's gonna be a pretty crazy space rocket if it's that easy to uh, to copy. But still. I know. I know. I'm a little concerned about its viability. I know. And how many <laughs> uh, how many uh, uh, perpetual motions machines do you get like every day? I am really grateful. I, I know many attorneys have had people come to their offices trying to patent that sort of thing. Um, I, and my favorite is if you ever get a chance to look it up and Google patents is godly powers have, has been applied for. <laughs> godly not powers. granted, not granted, but applied for. And that was fascinating to read. Huh, okay. I guess so we got to look for... Go oh, here it is. I found it. Right? It takes two seconds. It's patent US 2007-0035812. Interesting. All yes. right, so this, this, might be, this might be a good way to, uh, to go forward. <laughs> so, Krista, thank you very much for joining us on Technotopia. This, is, this has been a fascinating conversation because this is a, this is a lot more detailed uh, than most of our usual uh, wonks who come on here and talk about, about generally the future, but you're actually seeing the future every day, which is very, very cool. Well, that's very kind of you. Yeah. Is there anyone, is there any sp website or anything you want to send people to, or, uh, or should you just, uh, 
You're just going to leave it at that. Um, I, I would say if you're really trying to get your feet wet into the concepts behind patent patents, um, I know a lot of folks in the industry look at patentlyo.com, mm -hmm. and there's a dash between the O usually, I think. Um, it is a, an academic site, but there are lots and lots of stories about what's going on in the patent world. Okay, and I, I, I stress that everyone should go visit... Uh... Godly powers. Christopher <laughs> Anthony Roller is a godly entity. Granters had been given my powers via God. Probably these granters have been receiving financial gain from godly powers. Uh, it's really, really interesting stuff. <laughs> I, I, I want to stress that the PTO did not grant him a patent. It's, he's got a priority date, though, so it looks like he's. He, I think he's got a chance. <laughs> no. uh, he's got. A, he also is going to have. He's going to. Magician might perform magic before, or during any given trick. Krista uh, Santino Sambi, thank you very much for joining us. This is Thanks Technicopia. So I'm John Diggs.